they say the worst the things. The worst. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It's lunchtime in Rome. Tonight, we have episode 129, titled Mass Formation Part 2. Being alone and having no sense of security can really impact you. We've talked about that a lot. When it happens to a great number of people at once, it can have a powerful and destructive impact on society. Why have so many people acted in such extreme ways for the past 18 months? It very well could be something called mass formation. We introduced that phenomena in last week's episode, and we'll continue our discussion tonight. So pull up a seat at the table and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, please take our relational needs questionnaire and make sure to follow us on all social media. If you can, give us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? No matter who you are, at some point in time in your life, you will feel alone. Being alone is as bad as anything gets. If things are great, but you feel alone, well, they're not as good as they could be. And if things are bad and you're alone, well, things just got so much worse. There is a Bible verse, Romans 12, 15, which states, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is all about. Each week we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk, to model rejoicing and mourning, and then we hit the main topic. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is. Lunchtime in Rome. Yes, we are here. Hi, Eric. Uh, Hi. Sorry for the delay, boys. Had a little volleyball match. Right. A little bit late tonight. That's okay. Um, Yeah, so uh, this week... Is uh, this has been a very busy week for me, um, and a very strange week for me as well. So, gonna start off with the bad, like I do, um, like you do, like I do, and this was the so one of my very good friends from my high school days. His mother passed away, mm-hmm. and um. That was very that was very strange for me. Hmm. Why so? Because it's like the first, oh. like the like, like the like she was my parents' age. You know, like that's weird. Sure. You know, like it's you know, it's just it's just strange. And it, the, you know, there was I'm not going to go into any detail, but there was a lot that went into that. Like she was still young. She was still 67. <laughs> um, and that's young. You know, especially you know, my wife Amy works in the elderly community you know so 67 is like a teenager in her world because like (laughs) it's like she she like she takes care of like 90 90 plus you know um so that was very sad and it was interesting because the viewing um was on my dad's birthday so we literally had birthday dinner with my dad and these people were friends growing up, like, oh. the, you know, involved with each other, band parents and whatnot. So we celebrated my dad's birthday oh. and then we went to this viewing. It was like, of a peer. It was just them. like, wow, like, that's so weird, you know? And, um, yeah, it was just, it was just odd. But, um, how was your, uh, can I ask? Uh, yeah. I how mean, was your dinner? <laughs> that's actually pretty funny and i'll come back to it. how was your dad with i mean i don't know how much your dad opens up or anything like that but just i mean that just from his perspective not not i'm sure he wouldn't want to make it all about him but that's hard you know you, it's your birthday you're celebrating with your family and oh by the way we have this really tragic thing to deal with right but, um m- he dealt with it very well. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, your dad does seem like the kind of guy. I mean, he rolls with things. He rolls you know. with the punches. It, 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 he's very much a "it is what it is" kind of guy. So, um, that was that was fine. Um, but yeah, that that was just that was just very strange. Um, my good this week is this person, and I I, I don't want to blow up their spot or anything like that. But um, the good is Chris. You came along with me, which was great because one of my highest needs 
is support. And Chris came along with me because you know the guy that Mm -hmm. I know. And that was very lovely and it was nice to have you there. But then when I got there, like it was, it was just this reunion of mm. friends from back in the day. And like, it was, it was crazy. Cause like we kind of caught up where we just left off and just talking about life and where we are now, where we work, you know, you got had, kids, had, I got to be a kid. good, had to be good for you though. Cause you're a lot more confident guy. You're a lot more secure. You're yeah, a lot was, more emotionally sound now and so far, so much more accomplished. Well, that's true. I mean, you don't. Well, <laughs> I mean, the last part there, the, the accomplished part. Like, you are pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, like, yeah. Yes. And but man, like there was a there was a weird like rush of emotions that hit me when I first got there. And I was I was pretty, pretty anxious. Um, and that that was kind of strange. Um, but then once I started talking to everybody, it was cool and it was good to see, oh, there's people that was, that, that, that were there that I was, you know, not expecting to see, um, which was nice. Um, and it, it was just, it was nice to catch up. It was nice to catch up and see where everybody is and not, and, and it was nice not to catch up on Facebook, you know, right. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just face to face, you know, Hey, how you doing? Here's what I'm doing. What are you doing? Like that, that whole, that whole like in-person experience was, was just something that I was happy to, you know, unfortunately under the right. circumstances, of course, but like just happy to experience. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it's one of those times where, yeah, I mean, we're recognizing it was a funeral and it was, mm-hmm. you know, um, under sad circumstance. But, Somber. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's it's a beautiful thing too when, you know, I, I'm I think the family was obviously appreciative when any any time there's a funeral, the family is appreciative when friends and family come sure. and show that support to them. Yeah, and so amidst a tragedy or a loss, I mean that can be a beautiful thing. And I I don't know, it seems like maybe you were feeling a part of that. Yeah, there was a lot of life in the room, you know, given the circumstances. Like, I know, I know it's a weird (laughs) thing to say, but like, there was, like, it wasn't an unhappy room. Like, Mm -hmm. there was, you know, a lot of life surrounded by this event, which is great, you know. Um, But yeah, it was, it was, it was surreal. It can be a very real time. Yeah. You know, as, as somebody who gets to, strange choice of words, but I guess I mean that, you know, officiate funerals yeah it's one time where you can just be real real with people Mm -hmm. you know because everyone's like looking over they're like this does end at some point and so you have that moment of fragility of life and finality and you know and so you can appreciate who you have and what you got in that moment and so for you guys to have a a moment to have real uh relationships with people that you have existing relationships with is nice and yet there's the somber moment and somber purpose reason and i'll tell you this man like (laughs) with all the stuff that we talk about on this podcast if you're a current like if you're an active listener you've you've you're pulling up at the table every week exactly (laughs) oh the things it is the epitome the epitome of all of this because you will hear all of the bad emotional oh. responses. <laughs> all of the bad emotional responses. And then you can be the hero that, oh, right. that just says, I'm just so sorry. Like, like that's all you got to say. Like, there's not, like, you don't have to say anything else. And that's like, seriously, that's all you have to say. You don't have to, like, go in any detail. You don't have to do any of that. You just have to meet them where they are. And if they cry with you, you maybe hug them or cry with them. Like, whatever. Like, that's all you got to do. And there's people that like <laughs> they say the worst the things. The worst. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. But man, it's I, yeah, it's it's amazing. My dark humor side is really coming out. Yeah. Like, and I, like I don't, I really don't want to make light of it. But it like, it, it's almost like you want to say, well, go visit some funeral homes. Like go <laughs> go practice. That's a great spot to practice. Just comforting show up. people. Just yeah. Up. Just be like. Sign I, your name in the book. Sign your name. Go talk to somebody and and practice saying that I'm really sorry. How, how did you know them? Oh, I didn't. I'm just very sorry for you. Yeah. 
Well, and on some level, isn't it true? I mean, I'm not totally making you know light. What? Like, hello, we can reach out to those and, and just it doesn't matter whether hey, we knew or no, not. No, it's no, the seriously. fact that we are sorry that you are feeling the way you are feeling and right what, now. And wedding crashers, Will Ferrell's oh, character yeah. starts crashing funerals. And that's your way in because, like, you could just be, like, that hero that it comforts them really well. And, like, I don't even know who that guy was. <laughs> But man, he comforted me. <laughs> Instead of picking up checks, you're just you're comforting you're just people. Comforting people as right? The, as the pastor at the table, it was in you know that was the custom to have professional mourners. Man, mm. the business going here, right? Right. right. Let's, let's forget about like afterlife in Rome. Let's forget about helping people. <laughs> let's profit. <laughs> right. We gotta start making money. <laughs> I, today I stopped in at one of my volleyball players. Her grandfather died. And wow. it was, and it wasn't that old, but old. You know what I mean? Like, you know, old enough that she probably got. He's in a better place. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not suffering all mm-hmm. the crappy stuff. And I said to her dad, his, you know, the father. You know, his father passed away. And I said, man, I said no matter how old, it's still your dad. Mm. And I looked at him, and I was like, nailed it. And he was like, yep. And I'm like, all right, join you where you are. All right, moving on. Somebody's got to be sad around this place. And then I, never mind. So, right. But yeah, it's a rule. It's, we should make another idea. Uh, so we'll have after lunchtime in Rome with mm-hmm. the business. But I think, or cra- uh, funeral crashers. That's mm-hmm. Chris's idea. Right. Right. My idea <laughs> is bad funeral home comfort bingo. Oh. oh, I know you're going with this. Yeah, that's where I'm going. It, yeah. It'd be a little conspicuous though if you. No, I, in, I, I was like, thinking of like different like blocks. Oh on, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, 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 absolutely. But I, I mean, you hear somebody say when everybody's like shuffling in their pocket for right. their paper like that. <laughs> Did you have? I got four in a row now. Yeah, and my somebody, and my then, mom died of right uh, a parachute accident. And too. then finally, <laughs> and finally, you hear, I know just how you feel, and like three people, <laughs> bing, 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 bingo. So sorry. <laughs> I know, really, dude. I know how so you feel. Dark has to tonight. be, has to be like the the one in the middle. You know, the like the one that everybody everybody gets. gets. Yeah, I know yeah. how you feel, <laughs> dude. I really want to make better this place. Uh, yeah. So that that's that. they lived a long life. <laughs> oh man, I'm starting to sweat. We'll, we'll save it. We'll save. It. We'll do a whole podcast. We've done one on the funeral on funerals, but we'll do another one soon. Do we have to do that? That's so funny. Maybe um, we should do a podcast from a funeral. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Um, food this week for me. Uh, shrimp. Did it tonight. Ran out of paprika, um, which is my go-to uh, spice for shrimp. And I used some Old Bay, and it wasn't as good. It's a little different with the Old Bay. Yeah. Like, Old Bay, like, it's one of those things where, like, it's fine. At the beach, it's great. Yeah. I love Old Bay. I don't think I've ever not used Old Bay on, on shrimp. Yeah. And it's... <sighs> Paprika. It's just it's just one of those things that's just it's like standard. So like it is what it is and you're getting old bay, you know you're getting old bay, but like like what you said Jay, like old bay tastes so much better at the beach in my in in my opinion. Whereas like here at home I'm like I kind of want to do my own thing mm. and what's the Jamaican beer? Red Stripe. Red Stripe. Yeah. Red Stripe at the beach. It's not bad. Dude Oh, Red Stripe at the beach is the best. Here at home? Sucks. Dinty more when you're camping. What? Dinty more beef stew. (laughs) Dinty more? Like, like that's a brand. Like a can of beef stew. When you're camping, you have that beef stew? I bet you it's garbage now, (laughs) camping. But as a kid, and then later on, I was like, Dinty more! And I made it home, and I was like, whoa. (laughs) What What was I thinking? Are there any Dinty more... uh, employees out there just give us a call and if you want to sponsor the podcast <laughs> that was good jay how's your week been and what have you been up to? well i want to hear about me right after i hear about chris oh sorry oh i'm next i got that this wrong. is nice hi everybody um you let's really see killed that <laughs> i um i'll start bad i guess i my bad last week it was health right like i went through that stomach virus thing two weeks ago i believe mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Loving life after that, right? That was actually my good last week, too. was like, man, I'm just so happy to not be sick. This week, um, not as not not as bad health-wise. But now, of course, it's got to be something. I, I assume it's the weather change. Migraines. Mm. And now, now I don't want to... Our friend Alexis, she gets 
migraines to the extreme. I have no idea on a scale of, you know, one to ten how how migraines compare. But I would say I've been getting, I'll just call them bad headaches. I'm always, I feel guilty even calling them migraines. Not that they're not bad, but I'm like, I don't know. Is it a migraine? I do. I feel kind of nauseous. I feel like, you know, like I just, there, there are other, you know, side effect symptoms. I'm like, maybe that makes it a migraine. I don't know. Mm. Anyway. Man, I don't know if it's the weather change or what, but I've had a couple days of like really bad headaches. And today's today's much better. Yesterday was was the worst. And um just just that. Just feeling like once again like man, why can't I just I just want to go do life. I just yeah. want to be okay and just eh, I don't know. So that's that's my bad. Whether it's how bad the headache is or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe I have a low threshold for pain or something i don't know it feels pretty darn bad though. no that is the worst and i'm though. just like you know and it, may, it affects my stomach it affects my like just everything like loud noises you it know, literally trickles down yes yeah like everything feels like oh this is it, it hurts this is affecting everything's you know everything's bad everything's worse than and it heightens when you're in that kind of situation it heightens everything else thank you that's the word for it it yeah. heightens everything everything else is more annoying yes like, like more annoying than it usually is yes you know i feel and, like assaulted by the world yeah right everything's <laughs> Every, more irritating everything and, please yeah. stop yeah yeah absolutely no that, so that, that's the worst that's my bad my good it just has been this discovery actually while i have been like trying not to move too much the past couple days is i have um discovered jay have you been i can ask either of you but i know that you watch a lot of disc golf on youtube have you been watching the match play championship i have not Mm. i've been saving it it is pretty cool it's different than you know well you you know what match play is obviously but um chris what's match play well not to go into too much detail but instead of like you know normal golf where you're counting your strokes and and the lowest overall score wins it is just head to head how many holes can you beat the other player on and so it is like okay just the strategy so it's is hole different. by hole it's hole of, by hole you can have okay. a 25 on a hole it just counts as you lost that hole right right it doesn't have any effect on the next hole so like you, we should play that way sometimes right yeah you'll find guys like well you know they had a better drive than me. I better go for it. And you're, you're either going for it in times where you normally wouldn't, or you're holding back and putting pressure on the other player to have to go for it. Like, it's a whole yeah. different level of, of strategy that I'm finding That's refreshing fun. right now. Yeah. Gate, are you watching Gatekeeper Media? Gatekeeper Media. Yeah, maybe they could be a sponsor because their coverage I really is really good. I haven't really checked them out. I've only been Gemma's Pro, so I, I, I definitely want to watch that. That sounds fun. Yeah, they've got good coverage. And, and they even though there are four guys on each card... It's really just two of them head to head, and then the other two head to head, and they do a really good job in their coverage of isolating the two. And so, like the videos are, it's because it's so basically you're watching two players instead of four, right. so it goes faster. But there's a lot to watch. I mean, it's just that's cool. I don't know. I'm gonna bore everybody talking more about disc golf, but man, I'm it, excited. That, that has been a, yeah. a really cool thing to just like I also try to take my wins. mind off things. So that kind of sucks. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know that. Don't tell me that. Right. Right. Um, food, I got nothing. I got nothing. Uh, let's see. Oh, last night, my wife made... I got something. <laughs> my wife made... My wife, Amy, by the way. We lovely lovely woman that she is. Uh, made chicken thighs with sun-dried tomatoes Ooh. and like... Um, I don't even know what she puts in it, so it's not a great story. But some, <laughs> some sort of creamy, savory sauce. And she like... I think she she browns the thighs, but then she puts it all in the oven and bakes it for mm, 45 minutes or something. And it is just... Oh, and then we put it over some bismati rice. Skin on? Skin on. Bone mm-hmm. in? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Put it over some bismati rice. And uh, it's just... It's like one of those cozy... Like, it was perfect, too, with the, with the weather changing the past couple days. Right. Like... Um, this was the good Fills side of that. Was yeah, the bad side's headaches, but the good side is like, oh, this is like a cozy baked meal that's just like, you know, the rice soaks up all the the the, the juices and everything. Man, oh man, it was delicious. So kudos to her. Good job, Amy. What you got going on, Jay? Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that poor Brian's not here this week. He doesn't get to be a part of the podcast, right? Of course, he's at the beach. I was so. going to say, is <laughs> yeah. he somewhere beautiful again? Yeah. Yep. 
He's he's fine right now. <laughs> he's fine. He had fresh muscles and and uh, scallops the other night. So nice. I think he's listening. So hey, Brian, how you doing? No, he's not here. Nah, he is. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Anyhow, for me, I'm gonna start with my bad, which I never do, and that is um, once again, and I've said this so many times. Man, some people's lives are a mess, mm-hmm. and I do not mean that in the way that it affects me. Just knowing so many people, so many stories, I you know, it's just the dumpster fire of the day and it's tragedy and it's mm. heartache and it's pain and it's times violence and it is despair. And I'm so grateful to be the one to get to hear those stories and to be able to be there for those people in those moments. Mm. Um, some of them are like, it's going to sound callous, but like, amazing in the coincidences you know just random stuff like a, someone said to me oh i'm a sperm baby and and here's how solid i am i did not respond with well we, we pretty are, much are, all, are, all, are. all uh, <laughs> but what she meant was she is a sperm donor baby right? yeah okay and that she had she got two years ago to meet her siblings oh, so she wow. knows 10 siblings that she has Oh, wow. Okay, great. So then I leave there and I do this and I'm in a meeting and the person tells me about they're dating somebody whose husband, nope, boyfriend had prostate cancer. So they're going to do in vitro fertilization. They didn't. Then he died. And then she went ahead and got a sperm donor. And I'm like, I just heard two sperm donor stories. Right. What are the odds of that? <laughs> like, that's crazy. No, there was a pre-marriage teaching in the middle. But either way. Right. So like it's in the same week, month, like year, like I feel right. like that, like, <laughs> but then that's some other crazy. tragic coincidences in, or coincidences in tragic stories where I'm just like, you're in this story, you know? Yeah. And it just, I am, like I said, I, it could burden, burn me out or burden me too much. And it doesn't. Mm. And I preached about it last Sunday. Mm-hmm. There's three groups of people. First group, everything's fine. Yeah. That's about everybody for about a week, a year. The second group, their life is a dumpster fire. The third group, everything is more difficult than it needs to be. And man, am I convinced about that last two. Mm-hmm. And it's just, we're putting up a front and pretending that we're in that first group. So mm. that's the bad. Mm. The good, surprisingly, is my house. Right. Yeah. The good is spending uh, 20-some thousand dollars <laughs> cutting a check for 20-some grand to get my house to not be any more crooked. They actually did raise it a couple places, so they didn't break the windows and stuff. But my foundation has been screwed up for a long time, and I knew, we knew it was getting worse. So we hired a company, and they came in, and Monday morning was a dark moment, man. Three guys come out, and I'm like, these yahoos, like this guy, this guy, and that guy. And they're like, oh, he didn't, oh, we didn't know about this. We're probably going to have to pull the air conditioner, and we're going to have to rip out that railroad. And I said, no, it, he said oh, you wouldn't have to move the air conditioner. And I said, yeah, James said. And they went, oh, James. Oh, James. It's a James job, guys. Oh, and, I, and I looked yeah. at him and I said, you're not making me feel really good about my 30 grand. I said it right <laughs> to his face. And he's like, no, he's just newer and he doesn't understand all the things we got to do. So long story short, by noon Monday, I was much more secure and I felt good and they were getting stuff done. And instead of putting 17 pillars around my house, they put 16 because the one doesn't matter. So the job actually came in about 1800 less than it was supposed to. That's great. Because it's always more. Right. right. And that was what people told me about yeah. this company. They said, once they start, they're going to be like, oh, we didn't know about this. And I told them that Monday morning, too. I said, listen, here's what I heard about you guys. Oh, once you start, you? I said, once you start the job, about halfway through, you come up and you say, oh, hey, listen, we got to do this. I said, so I don't want to run into that. And he said, no, that's normally like once we're digging. And oh, there's a gas line we didn't know about or whatever. So, so they actually came in one less. And they did nice work. Now they forgot to reattach my air conditioner, which they did move. But that's that'll be taken care of, I'm sure. I thought you were going to say, hey, they did forget to reattach the foundation. <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm in my kitchen Monday afternoon, and he's digging with an excavator alongside the house. That's so crazy. And the foreman, guy, the foreman guy is right outside my window. And the entire house shakes. Oh. There's this loud bang. And I turn and snap my head, and he's just laughing. And so I go outside and I said, look, I'm a lot of freak out. I said, as long as you're not freaking out. <laughs> yeah. You're laughing? Okay. And the yeah. foreman, he goes, well, he says, I hate it when they hit the house. 
because what happened is the shovel came around mm. and he just went a little far and he uh-huh. hit the house. Yeah. And he goes, but as long as he is not freaking out. Right. And I said, you right. know, it'd be terrible if it like the house crumbled down. Went, Actually, they would have to pay for a new house. I probably would have good Go ahead and hit the house. <laughs> right. So <laughs> that's, the good, that's the good news. And I mean, I got to do some landscaping and whatnot because sure. my backyard's a big mud pit right now. But mm. um, that's good. And food wise, I bought a, I got a discounted London broil, two of them, mm. a giant eagle. Mm. Uh, at a certain store. So <laughs> it was already on sale and it was last day, you know. On sale at Giant Eagle. So it's like regular price everywhere else. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, roasted. Any Giant Eagle employees out there, only I sponsor oh, the show. Only I didn't roast it. Oh. Shocker to everybody who comes to the table. Uh, I sous vide it. Yeah, uh, buddy. For 24 hours. Oh, my gosh. Still tough. <laughs> right. I was I was so sad when I ate it. I was just uh, like, ah. and I'm cutting against the grain that every you know you got to cut against the grain and everything yeah. else. But here's the good part of the story. And I put it in a bag, threw it in the, you know in the fridge for the rest of it else. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna slice it. Oh, I like so that. So I sliced up my son and bring some to my boys. Okay, sitting in my fridge. Ah, you're the worst. <laughs> but I'll drop it off tomorrow. <laughs> Because I don't want to cause you any anxiety. Oh, that'd be bad. All right. And what we've been talking about last week, this week, next week, is the phenomena of why is everything so crazy? Why is everybody acting so intense, so Mm. polarized, so divided, Mm -hmm. so many different things? And we heard a podcast. And by a podcast, I mean on a podcast, we heard an interview with a guy, um, Matthias Desmet from Ghent University in Belgium. For everybody listening and you two boys in the room, I didn't even reference my notes now. That's how well I know this guy. Nice. And he theorizes, PhD in statistics, professor of clinical psychology, that there is an experience called mass formation going on. And he outlined four things that are occurring that have to occur for mass formation to take place. So if you're just tuning in for the first time tonight, uh, go back and listen to the first 128 podcasts we've had, and you will be <laughs> caught up. If you just want to get caught up on mass formation, just go to episode 128. But we left with the first two, which, number one, is isolation. Again, this is not an individual. This is a collection of people. That people are isolated across the globe, across this area. Um, in this case, it is the globe, but it could be a state or, or a country. And we, and we talked about the isolation that people have felt, social media, being separated in relationships, this whole image stuff and that people feel isolated. And then certainly once the pandemic hit, we were literally isolated. Yes. And I want to be, I want to, I want to say that this is not the first time mass formation has happened in the world's history. Correct. Right. But. Yeah, it's not a new phenomenon. It, right, it's not a new phenomenon, right? And the reason why we're talking about it on an emotional needs podcast is a lot of this is born out of a lot of emotional needs mm-hmm. not being met. Primarily security, uh, I would I would argue. Mm-hmm. Or in general, emotional needs not being met if when your hurts occur, you go to fear. Because mm-hmm. fear is a large part of this. The second one was a lack of sense and meaning in life. And we talked about how... 40 to 70% of people aren't satisfied with their jobs. And yeah, that's a pretty, there is a a certain lack of purpose in life. Uh, Certainly I notice it in coaching high school students Mm. and I see it in my peers and whatnot that it's sort of, what am I doing and Mm. everything else? So tonight we're going to look at three and four and then go one step further. Uh, The third step, he says, the third component, I shouldn't say step, third component that is necessary in a society for mass formation to occur is a free floating anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys, what are your thoughts on that? What do you, what do you define? How do you define that? How do you observe that? Okay. Feel free to, to interject and correct me if I'm wrong, but free floating anxiety. Um, and we, I think we touched on it a bit last week, just in an introductory it way. It was a tease. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically, you know, I think we, we know what anxiety is. Um, we have something on our brain. Um, it's causing us um, stress, but then beyond stress, it's causing us this sort of chronic feeling of anxiety. But free floating would be 
it's not really attached to anything. Um, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, I am a person who experiences this. So, and I don't know, I, I wish I knew the origin because I don't feel like I used to be an anxious person. But I definitely think that over the years, as I have dealt with anxiety, it, it got to a point where, what? You get more anxious. I, yes. Oh, I my know, gosh. I I'm so anxious. Yeah. It's making me more anxious. <laughs> but I haven't been anxious in a while. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Anxious yeah. about my anxiety. Something's wrong. <laughs> I mean, something's right. That's wrong. Yeah. 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 But um, you, you feel like, okay, I must be anxious over this and this. These, like, you know, things that are coming up in your life. But then once those things are over and... There's really nothing to be anxious about. That anxiety, which has become like, I don't know, like a habit in your brain or something, mm-hmm. will just float. It'll just be there, and it'll start latching on to things that really aren't anxiety-producing at all. It, but now you'll think they are. Yeah. So everything, just anxious. I'm anxious for this. I'm anxious for that. Or you're just anxious for nothing. And you, or you, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not for quote-unquote nothing, but you really can't place it on anything, Right. Like you're like okay, I feel I feel the anxiety. I have no idea what it's about. There's got to be something like mm-hmm. this this dread and doom kind of feeling that is you know pervades the back of your brain. Yeah, am I am I coming close? I mean, I I totally agree with that because that I, and then the way I think like and then you start thinking about things like okay, all right, Amy's good, uh, works good, uh, and you just start going through that rolodex in your brain of like what are all the things that could be bad and nothing's bad yeah these are the things that have caused me anxiety let me see right yeah right and right the big ones relationships and work and family you know and nothing's bad but like we often say jay like nothing's bad but nothing's good Mm. like it's one you know one of those kind of things um and it is very much like just like the the title says free floating it's it's not attached to anything. And I, I, I do feel that. And the older I get, I feel that way. Mm. Like the, as time goes on, like similar, similar to what you were saying, Chris, like, like I get these and, and actually like after, you know, we had Maggie, like I have that, like, like I'll have thoughts of like, why am I even thinking of that? Like, you know, she's a perfectly healthy girl. Right. Like what, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, why am I thinking about this right now? Like, there's no reason for me to think about this. But there's got to be something to be worried about. Right. There's got, you're, you're forgetting something, Eric. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Like, that's the feeling. Is yeah. like you're, Wait, there's... Waiting for that shoe to drop. Shoelace to drop. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Shoe to drop? Shoe. Oh, yeah. The other shoe. Well, I was Not thinking shoelace, shoe. which was... There's probably a shoelace on the other shoe. Holmes on the Steelers? Super Bowl? Guess Cardinals waiting for the shoelace to drop, like the replay when he caught the football in the end zone. And nope, nope. Santonio Holmes. Yeah, that was his toes, not his shoelaces. No, but his toes hit, and then the shoelaces drop. Interesting. So, yeah, that's why they made an entire cliche from the Super Bowl <laughs> winning <laughs> touchdown. Wait for so, the shoelace to drop. So if we look at anxiety. And I mean, the simplest way to look at it is what makes you anxious. And so there is acute anxiety and okay, I've got a big test coming up. I got to go to the doctors. I got to hear this or, you know, the job, the boss has been yelling at me and you know, it's acute. I know exactly where it is. I know where it's coming from and the, what happens in the, um, to set up mass formation is what we're talking about, which is free floating anxiety. And if you would even want to go to the bio, the biology of it. You know, the danger center of our brain is the amygdala. And what happens is literally your amygdala gets larger. And so there's more and there's more. Mm. And you're sending out these. And it's the emotional side of your brain is sending out warning symbols. It's saying, look out. Things are bad. You need to be on alert. And the left side's going, we we see nothing. <laughs> Everything is yeah, fine. Right. And then, like you said, it goes back and forth. Why mm-hmm. do I say that? Because I'm reading a book called, and I've talked about it before, The Body Keeps the Score. And if you're into the biology of it, it's it's very well written because I understand it. You know, I'm not an idiot, but I'm not a doctor, um, though I uh, purport to be one on Twitter. But it's that's sort of it. That makes sense that your body's sending out these danger symbols, and the left side's going, "We there is nothing. I just want you to know there's nothing." And I'm telling you, something's coming. Something's coming. And if you look at the one stat I looked up 
is um, the number of Americans who say they have taken an antidepressant over the past it, one and taking an antidepressant in the last month rose by 65 percent between 1999 and 2014. I want to see that number after 2020 and 2021. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And again, I'm not saying don't take, you know, antidepressants. Right. But I'm Absolutely. saying people are taking them. Why? Well, because they're having chemical imbalances due to stressors and hurts mm. and uh, ramifications of those hurts. Yeah. And I mean, literally on my volleyball team, and I'm not blowing up anybody's spot because I'm not naming names. And our match last night, I had two girls suffer panic attacks mm. in one match. Like, I'd never, you know, before the last couple of years, nobody, I didn't know about panic attacks. Right. You know, and now I, I have two in one night. Yeah. And it, there's more and more. And I, I, I really feel like panic attacks, like, like have accelerated. I, I have heard more, of more people having them than, than ever before. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you think about like our grandparents, like they didn't get to have panic attacks. Like, no, they don't have. They didn't have time for that. No. They just rubbed dirt on it and kept going. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And so, yeah, I think we can safely say there's a whole lot more free floating anxiety, and it yeah. does spiral because you don't know why. Mm-hmm. That that adds, you know, just like you said, you get anxious when you realize there's nothing wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And now imagine that, and it's happening more and more and more. And then, in a more general sense, the fourth component in order for mass formation to take place is a free-floating psychological discontent. So whereas the free-floating anxiety is the word I was using was sharp Mm -hmm. and it's causing, you know, this pain and emotional distress. The free-floating psychological discontent is just, boy, I'm not okay. Like, you know, and I said for years when, before I went to the center for relational care to learn all about emotional needs, that nothing was wrong, but not everything was right. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the psychological discon- discontent is a result of the free-floating anxiety? I think it can be concurrent. Yeah. Because you can you can be discontent and not be anxious. That's true. You know, we can yeah. also look at the difference between anxiety and depression. Right. Sure. Um and I don't think we need to say is depression on the rise are more people dealing just in general with emotional issues. Is there much more? Certainly that has been, uh, I don't want to say acerbated, but I think I would say that mm. uh, once again, it's the body keeps the score. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about that book. It's kind of funny since I bought it. Several people have said, Hey, that's a great book. Um, <laughs> so here we have this society that is filled with isolation lack of purpose, free-floating anxiety, and free-floating just general discontent. And then all of a sudden, there is an occurrence, there is an event that happens that ties everybody together. Well, wouldn't you know it? (laughs) There was a little thing we like to call COVID. Never heard of it. (laughs) Look into it. It's real. Okay. And then what happens is the media, and that is... Small M, I guess, or big M. I don't know. Everybody, you know, the media right. at large. I'm not News saying on the TV, media. social media, all of the media. Right. Right. Yeah. Almost, you know, media in the literal term, which is just like the mediums with which we yeah. communicate consume, and get information. Media. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> yeah. get, yeah, from just yeah. everywhere. Radio, TV, internet, all that. Yep. And what they do is they say, okay, here is this big problem. Now, what already, just by having this big problem, we have solved three and four. The free-floating anxiety and uh, the general discontent. It's not free-floating anymore. It's not anymore. free-floating anymore. Yeah. We have zeroed in. Here's where all my anxiety goes. Mm. Here's where all my... Because di- what did we do immediately? We locked down. Right. People weren't working. Financial problems. Food shortages. Loved ones are sick. Hospitals are overrun, you know, and I want to make sure that everybody knows this when I say this, that this phenomena I have observed, this wasn't brought up in the podcast that I listened to. So I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm not a PhD in clinical psychology and excuse me, in statistics and a teacher of clinical psychology, but I observe this two ways. One is the way people have reacted to COVID. The other is the way that people have reacted 
to the way governments have reacted mm-hmm. to COVID. Mm-hmm. So the media at large has said, okay, this is the pandemic. This is COVID. Okay. Now I'm anxious. Now I'm certainly discontent because we're losing jobs. We have loved ones who are sick. The hospitals are overrun. All this madness is occurring. And so now it's can, no, go ahead. Can I, yeah, just, sorry, before you get to the big point, just interject that it's also like putting a lot of pressure on me. I don't know if I had a big point. <laughs> um, sorry. No, but it's because it, I feel that anxiety that you're talking about or just like latching on to it. You know, uh, some people have dealt with that in a more personal way. And I'm just trying to like be all inclusive here to realize that it could be in different forms like Maybe you know somebody who had COVID. I mean, maybe you even know somebody that died of COVID. And so that, that can come, become very real for you in a, I guess, a, a closer sort oh, it's of way. all very real. Right. Oh, no, no, no. It's, yeah. But then mm-hmm. the, the, uh, then the other end of the spectrum, at least in my brain, is you're, you get anxious over the nebulous things. Like when you're talking about the big things that maybe aren't you personally, but you're thinking like, Oh my goodness, we're going to have an economic situation on our hands. We are going to, you know, the, the hospitals are going to, to, to do this and the, the so government mic- is going to do that. So you're saying that to, to point out that it's both micro and, and macro. macro. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Both mm-hmm. your own individual personal, but also as a society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for the other side, as they watch, you know, businesses being shut down by the government and privacy being taken away by the government. Okay, it's the government. So it's either COVID's fault mm. or it's the government's fault. Mm-hmm. And so there is literally two mass formations going on at the exact same mm-hmm. time. Uh-huh. And it's the mostly alternative media that is defining the problem for the people who are against freedoms being taken away in the government. Mm. You know, it's the mainstream media saying, look, it's COVID, it's COVID, it's COVID. Mm-hmm. It's more the alternative media that's saying, no. No, COVID's COVID, but look what the government's doing. Mm -hmm. So the first, the continuing step in the evolution of once those four precursors Mm. have occurred, the first one is there's a significant event and the media defines the target and the problem and the source of this free-floating anxiety, free-floating stress, psychological discontent, Mm -hmm. if you will. I want to say that is fascinating. So, so, because I want to be clear on this, because... You know, we we try, and I feel like we do execute well on. We are a podcast of for everybody, and we're not taking sides anywhere. Right. So, Jay, what you're saying is mass formation is real on whatever side you are in this current in current this situation. Climate. I believe it is. Yeah, very much so. Right. That's amazing. Because, and I and I pride myself on the fact that I am in charge of teaching and loving people who are on both sides of COVID. Right. I mean, I've, you guys know that I've done that for now eight, 20 months. Yeah. I, you know, I don't care which side you're on. You got to be loving to both sides. Right. So I've, I've remained as objective as I can possibly be, I think. Yeah. So I have observed that in both. So they not only define the problem, but they then present a solution. Right. So the first case COVID is the problem. Mm-hmm. What is the solution? What did the media tell us was the solution? Lockdowns, mass vaccine. Oh, you're going fast. I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's it. Right. Well, well, initially you're talking about like, let's let's shut it down for a couple weeks. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah. Right. That's all we got to do. That's all we got to do. That's all we got to do. Mask up. Well, mask up didn't start initially. No. Not in the original lockdown. Right. So it was, we just got to flatten the curve, give the hospitals a break. And here's what we got to do. And then we're going to be okay. Right. And we were, remember the hashtag? No. Oh my gosh. It feels like a lifetime ago. All the commercials. During this uh, lockdown. Alone together. Alone together. Alone together. So now look at number one. Look at number one of the precursors. Isolation. Right. So number one, we're even more isolated because now we're locked down. Yeah. But guess what, everybody? We're doing this together. Right. Together, we are in this. And if we can just follow the solution, this free-floating anxiety that we don't really know we have, by the way. Right. Right. And this discontent. Oh, all this will go away. And we're in this together. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, Eric, very much so. Then it was, okay, mask up. Mm -hmm. It was six feet. 
Masket or casket. Oh, I forgot about that right? one. Right? I've never heard that. Oh, gosh. It's, Did you uh, make that up? No. Wow. Dude, that was real, and I hated it. Anyway. Um, and then it was mask, and then it was six feet, and then it was isolation, or it was continuing isolation. You know, then we opened back up and back and forth. You know, and then it was the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Oh, the vaccine. As soon as we get the vaccine, it's going to be over. And we were given timelines. And so there's many goals in this whole process as well, because think right. of herd immunity. You know, as long as we get to 65% of people with who have had natural immunity and then the vaccine's come and then, oh, we move that goalpost a little bit, a little mm-hmm. bit more, a little bit more. Why do you think people wept when they got the vaccine? Wept with joy. I, I saw a post today. Yeah. Best day of my life. Yeah. Mother of three. Yeah. Because they, they thought they were part of the solution. They, part of the solution. Yeah. Sure. Part yeah. of the solution. Now- due process and due time, we have the other side. Mm-hmm. The ones that are saying, I don't like what the government's doing. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. Well, I, don't I never like this at all. what the government's doing. Right. <laughs> I don't like this at all. Solution is freedom. Solution is exposing the lies. And so you have people that say, and the extreme example I used when I've talked about this before was QAnon, mm-hmm. which if you are somebody who leans left politically, the minute I say that, you shudder and you think they're the most whacked out people in the world. It is an extreme <laughs> pull of mm-hmm. this side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but they basically believe that Hollywood, all the politicians in D.C., for the most part, at work across the country and across the world, are all corrupt and that they deal, many of them deal in human trafficking. And that Q is this person who's on the inside who's going to expose all of this at one point in time. And many of the most evil people in the world will be arrested. Mm-hmm. And there was even people saying that it's JFK Jr. Wasn't that the one mm-hmm. they said it was? Yeah. And that Trump was working in cahoots with him and he was going to drain the swamp and get rid of everybody. Okay. That's the solution. Right. Truth, exposure, and all this corrupt government is finally going to get brought to its knees. I'm going to allow Chris to speak here for a second. Me? Yeah, because you were emoting as I was talking oh. about that. <laughs> or did you have like a sneeze? No. I got something in my eye. I was like... <laughs> He's rubbing his eye, sitting on like, man, he is stressing. He out wants to say something. You might have to question some of your online activities, Chris yeah, Davidson. Like the minute some... I mentioned human trafficking, you got a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I did like a little spasm and, yeah, get a little too close to home. No, not at all. Please, no one accuse me of human trafficking. Don't even joke about it. No. Right. Um, no, honestly, I just got something in my eye. But um... Okay, Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible that's the worst i'm the worst go 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 um i no i don't have i i i don't i'm gonna be a, a total dud jay because i no, just totally fine. spasm because my eye hurt and so on the one side we have oh if we all just do this together and we isolate and we wear a mask up and we're safe the other side, as soon as they expose, and I'm going to expose, and right. I'm losing this. So we've offered the solution. Guess what? Number one, now we have a purpose. Now right. we have a tribe. Now right. we have somewhere to belong. And we are all in this again together. Oh, I will mention something. I've got something now. And it's interesting, and I don't know if this is part of the definition <clears throat> of mass formation, but it's interesting that on both of those sides, the this this process of feeling tribal and like goal oriented and doing this together has been drawn out um because there there is like there's been a moving goalpost on on each side mm-hmm. you know what i mean whether it is like we talked about like well okay you know let's lock down for a couple of weeks well now let's make sure we do 6 feet and masks well now let's make sure we're going toward the vaccine or the other side which is um and i don't know as much detail on that one but i know that there's sort of like the the moving QAnon goalpost where it's like, okay, on this date, such and such will yeah. happen. Well, okay, it didn't happen on that date, but in a Trust month, the plan. Right. It, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll happen soon. Well, okay, it didn't happen on this date, but it'll, you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. this drawn out kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And that's more evidence of the, for lack of a better term, psychosis involved, the mass formation involved, because don't tell me the solution doesn't work. Don't tell me the solution doesn't work. I need to know the solution's going to work. Right. right. And also, both sides are quite fallible, which is what, sort of what you're talking about. Because if we look at, there's an, say you are a person who is, my, my brother, I'll bring him up at this point. He's in a Bible study, small group with five guys. Four of them are re, 
the one guy's petrified of COVID. And mm-hmm. he's still, you know, he comes in a zippered bag with one small hole to walk through and everything <laughs> right. else. And they, of course, were talking about it. I mean, there's a zipper. So, but my brother said, look, you're operating out of fear, fear of COVID yeah. and fear of death and fear of all this stuff. He goes, now these guys over here, they're operating out of fear, fear of government, mm-hmm. fear of your freedom being taken, freedom of America not being what it is. He goes, the problem is we're all operating out of fear. Mm-hmm. And that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Everybody's operating out of fear to some degree. Yeah. People who are afraid of the government can point to, hey, if if this is the solution, it's mask up and it's vaccines, how come we don't talk about therapeutics? How come we don't talk about losing weight, getting rid of comorbidities? How mm. come we don't do this? How mm. come how come a, a Black Lives Matter protest is okay, but a football game is bad? Mm. One's a super spreader, the other is just an expression. Okay, that's not consistent. It ain't hard to be on the other side and say, hey, bro, where's your cue? You know, you look at January 6th. Look what you guys have done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have people that, well, so it's very easy for both sides to point out what's wrong with the other side, sure. which increases that tribalism. Yeah. And we're actually going to, we're going to conclude with tonight the fact that that solution becomes precious to the people that have been formated in a mass way. Mm-hmm. Because subconsciously, there's, they're thinking, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I got to go back to right. that free-floating anxiety. Right. And so you look, and that's why you see people are so angry. If somebody goes against the solution, how dare you? Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't. And, and if you're on the outside looking in, you go, why are you so angry? You know, what? what's the big deal? Why are you this? Why are you that? Do you really think this, all these politicians are trying to steal babies and take you away and they're going to take your guns and they're going to do all this stuff? And they'll say, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you really think that, you know, yeah, because I can't go back to not knowing, mm-hmm. but it isn't a cognitive thought, right? It's happened way deep in the, in the amygdala and the, all the other parts. Yeah. And now people are a divided. And they are joined together. We are in this heroic battle is the way uh, Matthias talks about it, that there is a nobleness to this. There is now what? Purpose in life. My Mm. purpose in life that I didn't have before. So not only am I not isolated, I have purpose Mm. and I have a reason why I'm anxious and I have a reason why I'm not content. And here is the great solution, the great coming together, this mass Formation, formation centered around this solution. Mm. Don't take this from me. Let's push through it. And that's what ends up happening. It's amazing. So what happens next? Well, mass hysteria, cats and dogs <laughs> sleeping together. No, you tune in next week and was, you find out. I was going to say episode 130. That's what, oh, happens, that's what next. happens next. That's right. Well, we're going to end episode 129 right now. And look ahead to next week. Join us for one thirty next week. Uh, are we back on Wednesday next week? Do we know, boys? We should be, yes. Should yes. be uh, Wednesday evening if you want to join us live at the table. L-I-R-S-T. Lunchtime in Rome, Standard Time. Uh, please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinroom.com. While there, as always, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. See ya. See you next week. Bye. How was your dinner? Nah, like, yeah. Yes, and, but man, like, I ran out of paprika? Dinty more! I got something. She browns the thighs, soaks up all the the, the juices and everything. Ah, you're the worst. Wait for the shoelace to drop. (laughs)